0: first thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers, because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fire it up when you're ready, fire it up. up. It and
1: it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. It's be a
0: drag race. Whoa. They touch, they touch. Oh my God. He's going to do it. It was a video
1: game move. Have you ever? No, I've never. Wow.
0: You ain't first, you're last. Welcome to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network, and joining me, my co-host, Stephen Young of Roto-Grinders, better known as Stevie TPFL, and this week, we talk bets for the United Rental Work United 500 on Running Hot. All right. William Byron took the checkered flag at Las Vegas last week, giving him his first win of 2023 and his fifth career win overall in the NASCAR Cup Series. Byron led a Hendrick Motorsports 1-2-3 finish. Toyota also looked strong with four of their six drivers finishing inside the top 11. So, Stevie, first of all, Hey, how are you doing? Um, B, happy birthday. Your birthday's coming up this weekend. And C, what do you think of the race with Chevy winning the first three races of the year? Uh, do you think that Chevy dominance is going to continue? And, and overall, what do you think of Vegas? Yeah, I mean, I don't count Daytona. But
1: hey, listen, it's awesome to see, you know, Chevy do so well at Auto Club and last weekend. So we talked about William Byron on the first ever episode that we did. And we we got him at like 16 to 1. He's 10 to 1 to win the championship now. Like that's awesome value that well, we got. William Byron's going to be great this year. Hendrick Motorsports, Chevy looks awesome. You know, that Hendrick ECR working together with this engine stuff. It's just going to continue to get better and better. I don't know what we're going to be looking at next year, but it looks like this year Chevy's is going to be really strong. So Toyota, strong. Where is Ford? You know, Logano got the pole and then just kind of disappeared in the race. Um, So definitely something to kind of note. I don't think any of that matters this weekend. We'll talk about that in just a second. But I think it's really cool to see Chevy kind of dominate to start the year. Kind of what we were thinking was going to happen, you know, after we saw what
0: happened at Auto Club. Yeah, for sure. Um, Chevy, definitely dominant, uh, obviously. Kyle Larson was right there with William Byron all race as well. If you look at their average running position, it was something silly, ridiculous, because they were basically running one, two, the whole race in whatever order. And you mentioned Joey Logano fell off. Ryan Blaney fell off. I noticed that in the practice times that uh, between their five and their 10 lap average, they had the biggest fall off of anybody. So the Chevys were kind of you know, around 0.1 second fall off overall. The Fords were over 0.2 seconds of fall off between the five lap average and the 10 lap average, which is a big fall off because if it's 0.2 per lap, that's a whole second per those five laps that the Fords were losing to the Chevys and even to the Toyotas there who are also really good on the long run. But we're going to move on from Las Vegas Motor Speedway to this weekend's race at Phoenix Raceway. This does play host to the final race the three race west coast swing we're gonna head back east next week but at phoenix this is a one mile oval we typically call it in the you know the short flat track category it's got that uniquely shaped dog leg uh on what is now the front stretch there it used to be the back stretch before they flipped the track around so The big news this week is the new aero package for the shorter flat tracks and for the road courses, which is designed to remove downforce. And the way they're doing this is they're removing these strakes underneath the car on the diffuser there. Uh, And they're also going to try to reduce drag by shortening the rear spoiler from four inches to two inches, which will let the cars accelerate faster off the corner because of less drag and they'll reach a similar top speed. But because they're taking away those strikes underneath of the car, what that's going to do is it's going to make downforce less and, and going to lower cornering speed by about seven to eight miles per hour reported and downforce overall by 30 to 40% reported. So with this news, with this major change to how the cars are supposed to, to handle, especially in the corner, they're supposed to slip and slide a little bit more. How are you tackling this from a betting perspective? Well, first
1: of all, I think that NASCAR being open to changing things that they needed to change after last year was it Martinsville one was just atrocious. So I'm glad that we're seeing something. I don't know if this is the answer. We don't know yet. I mean, this is the first time we're going to put 36 to 40 cars on the track and run this package in a race. But for me, it's going to be practice, Nick. You know, you just got done talking about like practice last week and how you noticed like some fall off well we're getting 50 minutes of practice this week so practice is huge practice is going to be a major factor for me on the betting aspect the fantasy aspect everything aspect so looking at this i mean 50 minutes two sets of tires we're gonna get long runs and long runs is gonna tell us a bunch of stuff about this race and how who's gonna be fast who's not gonna be fast who's falling off a ton who's not falling off they're expecting more tire wear with this new package and, you know, slipping through the corners like you were talking about. So, yeah, I mean, practice, 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 but not just saying, oh, this guy has the best 10 lap, because that's not what you want to do with practice. You want to really dig in who's falling off. Um, it's something that a lot of people just don't look into. And it's something that we can, you know, find an edge in. Hopefully, the books are looking at, oh, who's the fastest 10 lap and not really paying attention to who's not falling off over 20 laps. And that's who we're. You know, likely going to be looking at on the betting aspect.
0: Yeah, I think another thing that's important in practice that I often look at is when in the session, in these longer sessions, we're a driver's best run because if it came early in the session, maybe the track improved or maybe the track got worse. And and if it came later in the session while everybody else got worse and and yours was better, that's something important. Ideally though, I think we're going to see that a lot of these teams improve from their first run to the second run with two sets of tires for practice because they'll get to make improvements, make adjustments. So that's going to be something important to pay attention to in practice is again, not just the raw times, But how are these teams doing over the long run? And what is the difference between their first run and their second run in practice? I think that's going to be very important. It's going to be hard to note just because that data isn't necessarily readily available. So that's why paying attention to practice, finding out what you can on TV, finding what you can on Twitter. You know, we've changed our tires and going out for a second run just by following these teams and stuff is very important. So uh, I will be definitely paying attention to practice on Friday and digging into everything. So that means from a betting perspective, I'm going really light on this card this week, pre-practice. And I know I said last week I was going to do the same thing. I still end up getting a few extra bets. This week, I'm really, really light. So I think you'll you'll hear that in our picks, especially in mine. I'm going to have some leans in there instead of some full picks, but it's definitely an eye on where things are going to go. Besides Phoenix itself and, and besides practice, are are you looking at any of the tracks to kind of help us build sample size? I mentioned the short flat thing. Is that any any stuff you're looking at there as well to kind of just help round out a driver's analysis? Really quick before we move on from practice, I just want to say that I don't
1: think like cars that unload slow are going to get much better. I think that this is one of those races where if you unload fast, you're probably gonna be fast with this type of package and everything. So what Nick was saying was like if someone unloads really slow they might improve a little bit. They might go from like a 30th place car to like a 25th place car, but they're likely not going to be a top 10 car. So if we see one of these top end drivers, you know, kind of struggle, you know, that's where we start looking at like manufacturer bets. Like where can we get some edge on that? So, but to answer your question, you know, diving between Phoenix, like Richmond, I think is a good comp. I don't mind New Hampshire or Gateway now that we're running Gateway to kind of throw it in there. But I don't think there's like a amazing comp i mean you're the comp guy man i'm just i i learned from you when it comes to this but i i think that looking at phoenix and richmond would be the best comp for me from what i've seen over the years but like the fact that we have gateway new hampshire is new hampshire the weather there is so different each and every year it seems like but i think richmond and phoenix is where i classify my the
0: most data for phoenix based just on correlations and, and and other things that i look at richmond is the number 1 comp but i will say the tire wear between the two tracks are much different so they aren't really even in the same boat there it's tough i agree with you i think phoenix is such a unique track it it's one that like in some ways it's almost uh, an intermediate track as well if it was especially if it was a little more steeply banked it's not but uh You know, so it's it's kind of in its own category, its own class of short flats. So I agree. I think it's pretty tough to use other tracks, but we will use some gateway, we will use we will use some Richmond, we will use some New Hampshire. I think probably not a whole lot of Martinsville uh, for this one, just because the, you know, the horsepower is so much more here, not the horsepower itself, but just the fact that you get to make use of that horsepower more here at Phoenix comes into play. So I think that's kind of where we are on similar tracks. And so I think we're, we're both right there as far as what we're thinking, looking into Phoenix. So that means it is time to dive into some bets. As always, we're going to take you for a lap around Phoenix raceway. That's four turns, One pick from each of us per turn before we drive into victory lane. All right, Stevie, we've taken the green flag, and it's time to dive into turn one. This is Ryan Blaney, and we're
1: running hops.
0: All right, Stevie, give us your turn one pick.
1: Yeah, Brad Keselowski this week, top 10. It's plus 340 on a couple books out there. So definitely want to shop this around. I think it's going to potentially move. I think everything's going to potentially move. Top 10s, I think there's a lot of value early week in top 10s, and I think you're probably on the same page with me when it comes to that. I don't think there's a ton of value just in general because we don't know what we're going to be looking at, but if we look at Roush Fenway keslowski Racing, they definitely hit on something in the playoffs. They had both cars out of the playoffs. The speeds were all over the place for them. They were definitely testing stuff. I was talking to garage members, and they were definitely testing stuff in the playoffs. So... We've already seen an improvement in 2023 with this team. He's finished top 10 in four of the last seven races here at Phoenix. Keselowski is a very good race car driver. The equipment has been the biggest concern, but the fact that they hit on something, I think getting Keselowski top 10 at plus 340 early in the week is definitely a bet that I'm looking at.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think this top 10 market overall is very interesting this week. If you, you know, you said shop around and everything, if you basically take all the books out there and, you know, take the best top 10 line for each, you can get something called a synthetic hold. You can get that down to less than 10% this week, which means there is great value in the top 10 market in spots. And I think Kezlowski could be one of those. His teammate, Chris Busher is five to one. And so if those RFK cars really have made some gains, Uh, You could definitely look at both of those for top 10s. I am going to avoid the top 10 market for my first bet. I'll come back to the top 10s, but I'm going to take Eric Almirola minus 105 over Bubba Wallace. I just think this is a spot where Eric Almirola is so much better at these short flat tracks. I have... Eric Almirola with a plus 12.5% driver quality rating at Phoenix. And if you take all the short flats, it's even a little bit higher than that, especially if you exclude Martinsville, because Martinsville is the worst of Eric Almirola's short flat tracks, and that's the one that's least like Phoenix. So this is a really good track for Eric Almirola, whereas Bubba Wallace's driver quality rating is in the negative percent. So compared to all of the tracks, if you kind of use all of the tracks as a baseline, this is about a 3% worse track for him, equipment adjusted for Bubble Wallace. I think the error changes could also benefit Almi- Almirola, right? If you're slipping in the corner, if you have to – use more brake and throttle. I mean, that's the hallmark of a short flat. So these changes are intended to make Phoenix more like a short flat. And as I said, you know, I think Phoenix is the closest of the short flats to not be a short flat. So I think that helps Almarola here as well, because after Martinsville, Phoenix is his next worst short flat track. You know, he's really good at Richmond. He's really good at New Hampshire. That's where he grabbed his win a couple of years ago. But Phoenix is one that's like, air quote, next worst for him, which is still really good for him. And this just isn't a super solid track here for Bubba Wallace so I think I'm going to take Eric Almarola minus 105 over Bubba Wallace curious your thoughts on this one
1: yeah if it was Martinsville I think I'd flip-flop this to Bubba Wallace but again Martinsville is very very flat it's very very different so I think everything you're you're talking about here I think Eric Almarola is a really solid pick over Bubba Wallace I'm a little concerned when it comes to taking anybody over Bubba because he just took such a huge leap last season and it looks like the speed is still there, but I think, you know, Eric Amarola with the experience, more, more experience when we come to race cars that, you know, Arrow is way different because he's just been in NASCAR longer where he's gotten to race on these tracks with all kinds of different packages. I think definitely benefits him. So I look for the 10 team to unload faster than the 23 team. And I think Amarola is a
0: good bet here. Yeah, Bubba Wallace, no finishes better than 16th with 23-11 at Phoenix. So just another little angle there. But we've gotten through turn one, and now it's time to dive into turn two. I'm Denny Hamlin, and this is turn two here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, kick us off with your turn two pick. There's only one outright that I'm going to
1: do early this week, and it has to be the King of Phoenix, right? So. Kevin Harvick, twelve to one at BetMGM this week. He has nine career wins in forty races at Phoenix. Like, th- listen, this guy just this racetrack, any type of like car that we've run here, he's been fast. And if you listen to what Greg Sucker was saying from Goodyear's director of racing, he said that with the new lower downforce package, we expect the cars to slide a bit more in the corners, particularly as we go deeper into fuel runs. That will lead to tire wear and most likely additional fall off. Doesn't that just scream Kevin Harvick? To me, like my ears, like perked. I was like, "Oh god, I got to get, I got to get Kevin Harvick early this week because if he comes out and he dominates in practice and qualifying, he's going to go, you know, down in the single digits." So Kevin Harvick won the Richmond Fall Race in twenty twenty two. They started to put it together at the end of last year. He started the season with plenty of speed this year. So giving Kevin Harvick twelve to one as my only outright here early in the week.
0: Yeah, I I like that. And I think I'm leaning that way as well on Kevin Harvick twelve to one. In fact, for my pick, I am leaning Kevin Harvick top three plus three fifty. And I may may end up, you know, taking Kevin Harvick if I do want to end up taking him early. I may take his outright as well and and follow you there. But right now I'm just leaning Kevin Harvick top three plus three fifty. As I said, I'm not in love with the early betting this week. And I, I think books overall were pretty rough on the odds. I know some books are out there. It's like nine drivers are 10 to one or less. And that's, that's just kind of crazy, but I can get behind Harvick given obviously his track record here. Plus Stuart Haas and Ford's strength here last year. I mean, we had the chase Briscoe win for Stuart Haas racing. And then Ryan Blaney and Joey Logano were the two, arguably the two best cars in the playoff race here at Phoenix, which decided the championship Harvick Last year, he finished fifth and sixth at Phoenix, and that was a down year for him. And if these arrow changes benefit Harvick, we can see him improve from that fifth and sixth place result back up to where we're used to seeing Harvick at Phoenix. So I do think the error changes benefit Harvick here, and that means moving up from fifth to sixth to, to a top three finish is certainly well within reason. My model is showing a thin value here, so that's why I'm taking it as just a lean, but I may end up taking kevin harvick outright and top three and or top three before practice hits we'll just kind of have to see if i if i decide to or not because you know i'm looking around for the best values and and i do want to at least have something and this if this ends up being the best value and i've kind of run everything then i'll probably go with it NASCAR season is in full swing, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and receive first bet insurance up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance, excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, DC, Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. We're both on Kevin Harvick in turn two. That means it's time to head down the backstretch and barrel in to turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver the number three, and this is turn three here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, we've gotten through the backstretch. Get
1: us into turn three. A lot of Ford love this week already from this podcast. And last week, it was all the Chevy love and I would say we nailed it, but I'm going to go race-winning manufacturer Ford, plus 175. Logano, Harvick, Blaney, the fastest three cars on this type of track last year. We just got done talking about Harvick. Logano and Blaney, absolutely just crazy fast last year in the fall race here in the championship. If, if Blaney was winning, running for a championship, Logano wouldn't have won that race. I'll just say that. So it's hard for me not to stick with the Chevy love, but I think there's value here at plus 175. Uh, like I mentioned, Ford, fastest three cars on this type of track. They won four of the six races on this type of track last season. I think this line could potentially move after practice and qualifying because it, it seems like it's a little long right now. So I'm going to jump on this one early, Ford plus 175. And again, it's hard not to say Chevy, but I, I think that we see Ford do really well at this type of track
0: where Chevy definitely struggled at this type of track last year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And if you look at our picks right now, Brad Keselowski, Ford, Eric Almirola, Ford, <laughs> Kevin Harvick, Ford, Kevin Harvick, Ford, right? So it kind of seems to be trending in the direction of our picks like the Fords this week. So I definitely can get behind Ford as the winning manufacturer, plus 175. And I'm going to stick with the Ford theme. I'm going to go back to the top 10 Market the top 10 well here because that really is the place this week looking across the industry where the value is. And I'm going to take Austin Cindric for a top 10 at plus 430. Austin Cindric was really dominant at Phoenix in Xfinity. If you look at his last three Xfinity races at Phoenix, he had two wins and he had a second place where he led the most laps and lost by a whisker to Daniel Hamrick for the championship there. So, you know, he, he has arguably could have had three wins in a row at Phoenix to close out his Xfinity Phoenix career last year in the Phoenix playoff race. He finished 11th in the cup race and at other short flats last year he had finishes of 11 11 12 and 13 so if there is a track type that Austin Cindric has been performing well in the cup series uh, it is these shorter flat tracks so i think you know if, if you look at gateway or if you look at new hampshire if you look at richmond he's been right on the the cusp at all of these tracks so i definitely want to take austin cindric top 10 i have fair value on him on this bet actually at plus 260 so that is a lot of wiggle room to plus 430 so austin cindric top 10 is my turn three pick curious uh if you have any notes there on him stevie
1: i tailed this um i gave you a shout out on the rotor grinders betting page as well because i tailed this um i was doing I was doing my due diligence on our, our sheet that we have before the show, and I saw this, and I was like, man, I have this at plus 275. So I'm right here with you. Everything lines up for me on Austin Centric Top 10. You worry a little bit that like his pit crew just continues to be either really good or really bad, and we see that with Blaney. But I think the speed will definitely be like in the 8 to 15 range. If he can just get over the hump, if he can just put together a clean race, I think that New package, young driver, very talented road course racer. We're using a lot of car. I think Austin Cindrick is definitely
0: very fair at plus 430. Very fair. I think that's a great point about the the road course as well, and, and especially now with this aero change, um, how that could potentially benefit cindric as well. So great, great point there, which, you know, rolls us from turn three into turn four.
1: I'm Noah Gregson, and this is turn four here on Running Hot.
0: So, Stevie, give us your turn four pick.
1: Listen, I couldn't go a whole podcast not talk about William Byron. So I got to go William Byron, top Chevy, plus 475, best green flag speed at Phoenix fall race. We talked about Blaney and Logano just being so fast, but Byron actually had the best green flag speed, really had no fall off in that race, just wasn't pushing it. I don't know if it was just because, you know, teammate running for a championship or what but just wasn't pushing it. He's the third fastest Chevy on these types of tracks last season behind Elliott and Larson. Well, Chase Elliott's not racing. Josh Berry is a very talented racer. He's just not going to be a top 10 driver. It'd be his second time ever being in this car. So really it's William Byron versus Larson and probably Kyle Busch. And we're getting him as like the fifth or sixth Chevy driver here. So third best average finish among Chevy drivers over the last six races here. No respect after just dominating last week and having a lot of speed to start the year. So my vol- my model has this at +375. So I think there's really solid value to getting on uh, William Byron as the top Chevy early in the
0: week. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm I'm surprised that he's listed as like the fourth or fifth Chevy here. I was shocked, man. Yeah, I I, I was too. Although, you know, Chastain is is really good here. He finished second last year in the The first race and then third in the playoff race, but probably had the second best car. He would have passed Joey if Blaney wasn't playing wingman there. So it is tough, but plus 475 is just way too long for William Byron here. So I'm right there with you. And I think the other thing that's nice is obviously you avoid the Fords, you avoid the Toyotas. So uh, you're just looking within manufacturer and it makes things a little bit easier to break down. So I may have to end up telling you on this one at plus 475. All right, for my pick, I'm I'm going back to a Ford. I just have to keep coming back to these Fords, and this is going to be a lean from me. So I haven't officially like picked this or bet this yet, but uh, Ryan Blaney for a top ten finish minus one ninety. I know that's a lot of juice, but other books. Have Ryan Blaney for a top 10 finish, and I and I think this is pretty crazy as low as minus 850. So shop around always, because you can get Ryan Blaney minus 190 versus minus 850 out there in the market. So you know, Ryan Blaney has nine top tens in 14 career Phoenix starts, which itself is like minus 180 is fair value. But If we just look at the last eight Phoenix starts, he has seven top 10s. So obviously, he's been improving at Phoenix. He's been improving as a driver overall. I mean, the first few years of his career were with Wood Brothers Racing, which, while an affiliate of Penske, isn't Team Penske, so he didn't quite have the equipment in that 14 race sample size. If we just look at the last eight, seven top 10s. He had the dominant car in both Phoenix races last year. And obviously, we've only run two Phoenix races in this car ever. So Ryan Blaney was the dominant car in both of those races that we've ever run at phoenix in this current generation of car so while i don't want to lay a ton of juice with so many unknowns my model is showing a good bit of value here and uh, i think if we get this price after practice and qualifying and blaney doesn't look like he's out to lunch i'm going to be all over this one i actually may you know try to win like a unit and a half on this one that's how much value i'm showing here yeah
1: i mean listen you know how much i like brian blaney and i think that The juice is like eh, but on the flip side when you have a, a guy that's as consistent as ryan blaney is at phoenix i think that you have to like it and ford has just been so good at phoenix over the years and a lot of that has to do with the drivers that they've had but they definitely have something figured out here if it comes out and it's practice and they're fast again and this is really like a sim race like some of the drivers have even talked about already this week like Ford already has it figured out. So if they can adjust a little bit to this new package, I think they're going to be fast. And that's kind of what we're leaning on through the, the first four
0: turns here. And I mean, it sounds
1: like we're going to be that way in victory lane as well. Yeah, that's
0: right. We uh we completed that lap around Phoenix. So, you know, it is time to go into victory lane. Stevie, I'll I'll kick us off with the victory lane pick here. I'm we're going back to the top 10. Well, Eric Almorola, top 10 plus 380. I gave some Almirola stats at the beginning when when we were talking Bubba Wallace, but just real quick, I'm going to run through some more Eric Almirola stats. Five top tens and 10 Phoenix starts with Stuart Haas racing, which would be even money as fair value if that were to be his long-term average. He also has finishes of 11th, 12th, and 13th, so right on the cusp of top tens in three more of those 10 Phoenix starts that he's had. So eight of his 10 with Stuart Haas racing have been 13th or better. He also has... 17 of 35 short flat track top 10s, which is again essentially a 50 50 rate, including seven of 15 in these past two years where Stewart House Racing has kind of had their air quote down years in 2021 and 2022. So I love this top 10 number from it. It should be much closer to even money than it should be to plus 380. I don't love his upside. I don't think he's a driver that's going to dominate. In fact, he only has led seven laps at Phoenix with Stuart Haas racing in the low downforce years. So I'm not really showing value on his outright. I think you can get him around 65 to one. I actually only have him 1.2% to win, which would be around 80 to one fair value. But his consistency is definitely there, which is why my top 10 number on him is plus 160 is fair value. We're getting plus 380 here, Stevie.
1: Yeah, I like this a lot we were talking about it earlier. Obviously we discussed our victory lane picks and I was going on the sheet to actually put this one on there and you had already on there. I was like, Hey, you know, we tend to do outrights, but we were both really leaning heavy on this Eric and Marola top 10. So, I mean, if we take out the races from Richmond one and New Hampshire last year, it was a top seven car in speed on the other four short flat tracks. So, I think there's insane value here at plus 380. I have it at like 190. So, like, we're really close to each other again when it comes to this. So, listen, I think this is a great early week thing that could potentially move a lot after practice and qualifying. More probably qualifying. We don't, we saw last year the books didn't really pay attention to practice as much. And that's where we can kind of get an edge if they don't move everything after Friday. I'm more interested in Friday than I am in qualifying on Saturday. So if we get books leaving numbers up and lines up this week,
0: I think we definitely have to take advantage of it after practice. Yeah, no doubt. I think practice is the the huge key this week. And books do move numbers on qualifying. So if they over adjust after qualifying, that's another opportunity to, to pounce as well. Yeah. If they drop somebody because... He blew turn three and four and uh ruined his his lap there, but in practice was a top five car or something like that. And and they drop his odds. I think that's another good spot to pounce. So there, there are some opportunities to get some bets in this weekend. I just obviously early this week, it's pretty tough, especially with the way books release lines. I think they thought it was pretty tough as well. So they made it tough on us as betters to find value. But we have found some value, four picks from Stevie, four picks from myself, and our victory lane pick so that is going to do it for us thank you for you listening to the united rental work united 500 episode of running hot the all-new motorsports betting podcast from action network we'll be back this time next week to talk betting for the am better health 400 at atlanta super speedway atlanta motor speedway i should say as they're trying to be a super speedway as we go back to drafting style racing. So on behalf of my co-host, Stephen Young, thanks again for listening. And we'll see you back here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.